We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2023 Farmers Insurance Open DraftKings Picks and Preview, plus the weather, one and done, and the final betting card of the week. If you out there want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, it's pretty easy. Hit the description, play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League, three max entry, $15 to play, no rake! It's down in the description and comment section of the video and podcast. Let's go fill it up so we can make it even bigger with football coming to an end. Additionally, all the stats and tools, you want to generate lineups, you want to check out the ownership, whatever it is that you want to research, fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off right now. You can also find that down in the description. Ditto with the newsletter link, which will have all the final updates, weather, everything like that, and it will come out on Tuesday evening this week because this tournament starts on a Wednesday. Toe Tag and Tambo, Tyler Tambellini, was on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates on Monday evening if you want to get his opinions on the DraftKings slate for the week. But because this tournament starts on a Wednesday, we had to move everything around, which means I get to talk to my old friend, Ben Raza from Stochastic.com. Ben, what's going on? You're not a clone, are you? Is it really you? It It's still me. I survived, barely. Uh, no, I'm feeling good. Last time I saw you, 
was our draft. It was a good time, but I was in the midst of battling a little COVID action and I felt god awful. I feel much better today. Love the farmers. I am actually very excited to talk about this. Well, let's get into the bets and well, actually, let's talk about the weather before anything else, because I think this is going to be an important talking point for the week. I don't really know how to decipher what's going on here. So to look at it, the Wednesday weather looks fine. That's going to be great. The important part is the Thursday weather, where you're going to have gusts up to like 30 miles per hour, pretty consistent wind from like 16 constant up to 21 constant from 10 a.m. through 4 p.m. on Thursday. I don't know how this is going to affect either one of the courses. My default setting would tell me I would want guys playing the easier course on that day. So I, this is always an age-old question because it's like, do you want to sacrifice your kill round like with harder conditions? Or would you rather have your guy destroy the north and then get destroyed by the south? I think if I was choosing, I would rather have my guy play the difficult the worst of the conditions on the north course. And I think that's what you just said, right? That is correct. That is what I said. Yeah, so you're going to have a, a full field split. Like, would that affect your betting card at all? Like, when you're making bets, do you want guys that start on the south course, play the north course on Thursday, and then let it ride on the weekend? I guess maybe a little. But ultimately, when you get into weather, it's so complicated, particularly when it's the second day. And then there's always, like, if it's so bad and they delay things, then everything you plan for is out the window. Uh, I would agree. And well, there's no rain, so it's just going to be wind that affects it. And we've seen wind affect this course, at least the south course, over and over with some crazy finishes over the years with guys shooting in the 80s all of a sudden. Sneds, like, Sneds 67. It was either a 69 or a 67 that year. You, know, you don't think of it as being that impressive of a round. Oh, guy was three under over the course of 18 holes. I think he was 10 strokes better than the field average. Absurd. Like that, I, I remember that round so vividly. And yeah, uh, you get some weird stuff here. Obviously, this is going to be a little different test than whatever you want to call uh, last week, whatever that was. So right now, if you go to Fantasy National, all the tee times are loaded in. If you hover over the tee times, it will tell you round one, whether or not they are playing the north or the south course. Uh, So what I decided to do this week, it's not going to be like a complete like, oh, I'm playing 100% of my lineups this week. Because a lot of the best players in the field are starting on the south and then playing the north on the second day. Like you go take a look at Rom. He's starting on the south course. That's great. That's what we want. You want your guys starting on the south course. And I'm probably going to stack up guys from that wave only. And I was probably going to do that anyway. I just don't think I'm going to reverse stack it. And then I'm going to have like mix and match lineups. So I'll probably allocate like 40 to 50% of my lineups of just South course starters on day one. And listen, we know about the wind. This could not materialize at all. We see this happen all the time. And maybe playing the reverse stack is the way to go. But if I play like 50, 60 lineups this week, I'll probably have 25 or 30 allocated to the stack of just guys starting on the South course day one. Yeah, and I think that's totally fine. You can also do, you know, sometimes when you when you segment like that, you don't have as many options, obviously. Like, you can you can have one guy at times. Like, I do some five ones, uh, and it's kind of a pseudo stack, but it's pretty clear if I could pick optimally, I'd prefer my guys uh, on the south course, and we'll see if that actually materializes. And listen, it could be an absolute nothing burger. It could work out the opposite way. We always talk about this when it comes to weather, but you're trying to give yourself somewhat of an advantage, and this would be probably the best way to do it. Like even, let's see, Rom, I think it's like Rom, Finau, I think Xander starts. Xander starts on the north, Morikawa starts on the north, Salatoris starts on the north, Homa. I just know because basically everyone I bet starts in the opposite way that I want to stack my lineups now. Of course, that, that's how that goes. Um, yeah, you got you got plenty of options, though. 
in terms of of the south so well it's a it's a strong you know there's big time names up here obviously there's a lot of guys to choose from in terms of a starting point so i'll have the weather update in the newsletter the screenshots everything that you want to see for the entire tournament again sub for free it's down in the newsletter final bets of the week i went with will z 19 to 1 max homa 28 to 1 Justin Rose, 55 to 1. Those are the three plays. Then I have three bombs of Kitayama at 100 with five places. Will Gordon, 125 with five places. Dean Burmista Mista Lady, 130 to 1 with five places. Those are the six. I bet Bobby Mack on the Euro Tour for the one and done in our three man for the week. I have Rose. Jeff has Sung Jay. Cust has John Rom. Wasting the giant. Maybe not wasting. Maybe he's going to win. I, I did go back and watch the last four years of like every round highlights on YouTube of this tournament this morning. And I think every single one of those highlight packages featured John Rom at the top of the leaderboard in some capacity. Yeah, he, he seems to uh, like this just a little bit. Um, I got some dudes. My betting card, I like Sanjay. I got him at 20. What about, I thought there was a chance we could have uh, come together on Taylor Pendrith. No dice? I, I, I think I bet Pendrith when the U.S. Open was here. I bet him and Taylor Montgomery. Just they were the corn fairy guys that I think rated out the best. I don't, I, listen, I don't mind Pendrith at all. It's a big leap for him to win this tournament, I think. It is. I think, you know, if you're going each ways or, you know, top fives, top ten, something like this. I, I like the spot for him when we get into the DFS. And then again, talk about a big leap. Uh, just making the cut in some iteration seems like a big leap from a man, Steven Yeager. But I, he's a project for me. He was up like 180 to one. Uh, he's come down a little bit, but he's on the card. I, more of a ladder type play than an outright, though. Yeah, I can see that. I The, the one I'm struggling with at the moment and where is he on the betting board now? Good Lord, he's down so far. You can bet Hideki at 45 to 1. Yeah, I mean, he's really dropping. I, I, that must be... I didn't see 45 to 1 yesterday when I looked. But he, he's 40 currently on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm seeing him at 45 out there. Like, he is... He's behind Mav and Taylor Montgomery. And, like, Day is almost half the odds of Hideki at the moment, which is crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, listen, I like many people. Uh, I think Jason Day's a one and done target. I think Jason, but 25, are you kidding? I know the course history is the course history, but I'm not going there in the betting market. Yeah, he's like with Figala and Spawn. That is kind of surprising. It just seems like you're trying to like catch a falling star when it comes down to it. We've seen a lot of players. I mean, Hideki's had success. It's not like his course history at Tory is absolutely abysmal. 30th, 53rd, 45th, 3rd, 12th, 33rd, 16th. Like, he's been good at this course. Almost like what you would want to see out of someone trying to make a breakthrough. And hell, like, it's just funny to look at John Rahm's odds because what are they down to now? Actually, he's plus 450 still at DraftKings. So that's nice. But like, mm-hmm. is it, do you know anyone betting Rahm this week? No, neither do I. Just can't. I can't pull the trigger on it. No, I mean, that's that's Tiger esque, and so I mean, you just I if he wins and he's been been winning, uh, obviously I I can't I can't bet a guy at four and a half to one like that's just not going to happen. Why did you like Pendrith over Luke List? Well, the defending champ, your man. I don't know Pendrith. I think so. I first of all. The Amex, I'm glad he missed the cut, so you didn't have to have another day of that nonsense. Before that, super steady. He was good at Farmers the last time. Ball striking's good. He always gains off the tee. 
feels like if it's around the green and putting can hold up, which is a huge if, he's got some Luke List in him. Like, it, it kind of fits the mold, even like the Will Z. Uh, I don't know. I think Pendrith is, is a pretty good setup for farmers. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I just don't know if he can chip his way out of it, but like even Morikawa with the last time he played Farmers, like his chipping held him back a little bit, as it does from time to time, like when you have money at him at the century and do just watch the ball roll back to his feet. <laughs> That's the limiting factor for Morikawa this week, although the Morikawa game plan, as we've seen over the years, has kind of been, you know, maybe he won't miss so many greens because he's just the best iron player in the world. And then you just ride that, and he's putted pretty well at Farmers in his career that... I don't know. This is more of a one-and-done discussion, I think, because Tambo and I split a team, but Tambo's not here. So me and you are splitting a team this week. We went with with Sam Burns last week, which looked great for spurts, and then it stopped looking good. But still, we're we're up to almost $200,000 combined between the two of us, and we've already used Hideki and Sam Burns as we go through it. So who do you think is a good pick this week? Because I was really eyeing Morikawa, because I legit don't think anyone's going to use him. Yeah, I mean, he's in that, you know, it's not a dead range, I would say. But if you're not worried, it's always the age-old discussion. Like, do you have one of these guys saved for major? Like, to me, Sunjay, he sets up really well. But I I think some people will be reluctant to go there just because they have bigger plans for him this year. Well, it's even that, but there's also those, like, elevated events this year, too. Like, Riviera in three weeks and even Waste Management, I think, are worth, like, triple what this one is worth. So I would use ROM. That would be great. But even if he wins, let's say he wins here and wins Phoenix, I've given up you know, 66% of what I could have won. Like when you go back and look at the winners of the one and done over the years, like they hit the players champion, they hit the masters champion, or they, and they hit another major winner along the way. And those, like, that's great. That's worth like those three wins are worth like nine wins at other courses. So you do need to be selective, but you have all the live guys for all the majors too, and you can't use them anywhere else. So those guys are always going to be available for you if you are trying to save, or do you just kind of throw those guys to the side? I didn't really think about that. Shows uh, what's been going on over here. That is that is kind of interesting because you will have guys that are automatically reserved. You can't use them. So maybe you can be a little more aggressive. What about your boy, Taylor Montgomery? I like Montgomery a lot. Like He opened at 25. I think he's down to 28 now, maybe 30 in some spots. Uh, Jeff found a boost on a place that's open 365 days a year where you can get him up to 40. He just seems like such a lock for a top 15 at this point, doesn't he? I mean, when you can roll it like that, super consistent. I don't mind. You know, he was good last year at Farmers. I don't mind. That's kind of where in my one-and-done strategy early uh, – I've kind of been doing much of nothing, just trying to take some guys like that, bank some money, and just kind of lurk until the elevated events. The the ones that I was looking at, because I do want to, I don't want to, There's it, this works two ways, right? Like you can save the good players for the elevated tournaments, but you're going to get to a point where you just have too many guys saved, don't you? Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I use, I mean, I think there are probably better tournaments for Justin Thomas, but it's not like Justin Thomas can't win here. He actually plays really well at Farmers. He's just never won. And I just think it's pretty doubtful that a lot of people turn to JT. Well, he's another one. It's like you, you do run the, and you kind of have to just live with this in some regard. You run the risk with a guy like JT. One, he could play bad. Anyone could play bad. But two, he could win and then he could not be super useful if he has a huge year because he wins multiple other more important events. And, and that's kind of a problem of like, if that happens, I'll deal with it. You're still banking a lot of money early, but that's the, I mean, look at Rom. 
basically nobody has cashed any money in terms of the winning purse in the last couple of weeks because who the hell used ramen one and done lately uh he was used by one percent of people in the race for the mayo cup last week yeah. at the american express good because i need it because i i banked a nice zero dollars last week with brian Harmon. yeah he was the most popular play last week brian Harmon. so i, I the, the method that i wanted to go with and the strategy i wanted to stick to with our combined team here between i guess me you and tambo now okay. is pick one of the top 10 players on the odds board but try to target the player that no one else is using last week it didn't uh no, it, it did work because not many people use Sam Burns. I tried to get sneaky with Tom Kim and then like 10% of the field also decided to get sneaky with Tom Kim and use him in that follow-up. So I'm thinking I got it narrowed down to Morikawa, Thomas. I'd use Hideki, but I've already used Hideki. And even someone like Mav McNeely, who just no one's going to use. Mav McNeely, where is he starting on the wrong uh, So of those guys, JT starts on the quote-unquote right side for us. Okay. He's not going to be. He's not going to be used. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And he's, I mean, to me, he's the best of the bunch. I'm a huge JT fan. Got to fix that putter a little bit, but I don't really worry about that. Poe good splits. Farmer's good course. You don't mind not having him. I'm fine with it. Let's do it. Justin Thomas, one and done Boom. selection in the race for the Mayo Cup for the team Raza Mayo Tambo as we go through everything. It is my second best team at the moment out of four. I have one that has almost 400,000. Who the hell did I pick there? I assume that's my Tom Kim team from last week. Yeah, Tom Kim and Corey Connors. I don't feel too bad about wasting those guys. I think Tom Kim wins the players, so that feels bad, but... You know, I'm wrong all the time, so it's not that big I used Connors. I, I do have I one them. I have one team that's almost in last place. That's fine. Ooh, Who did I double use? miscut? Uh, Cam Davis and Hideki. Uh, two made cuts. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> yeah, Davis might as well be missed. Da- da- Davis missed last week. Let's oh, yeah. Oh, Davis missed, yes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Let's get into DK. DK pricing, DK ownership, and how we're going to build teams. What do you think Rom's percentage comes in at, knowing that he's so much more expensive than the rest of the field? He's $1,100 more than Tony Finau. Which you don't see a ton. Uh, Like, he's flirting with the ceiling there. I still think he's got to be pushing. I mean, you know, obviously it's stochastic and all across the industry. There will be people much smarter than me projecting this stuff, but it's got to be extremely I, I still think he'd be the most popular play on the slate right i would think so it just how difficult the lineups start becoming when you start let's let's jump in there how hard okay. are rom lineups to build this week just on the whole don't worry about stacking courses or anything like that we'll throw in john rom eleven thousand six hundred dollars you have seventy seven hundred dollars remaining what do you think is the best way to make one of these lives when you go back and look at the leaderboards from the past years it's usually i want to say the $8,000 and up crew who populate the top 10 of this leaderboard. Then you have your like one or two outliers. And those are the guys that you need to get right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be that type of build. I'd say this. I don't think it's going to be overly difficult to build ROM lineups. I do think it'll be overly difficult to build ROM plus a 10 K build lineup. So when you go to ROM, I think a lot of people will probably be next man in, in the, in the Montgomery range or even like Jason Day at 88. And then it's very, very simple to build. How do you feel about fading Jason Day? So, because of the course history, he's going to be overowned. He's going to be overpriced. I did play him last week, and I do like the spot in some things. I want to get exposure to Jason Day. I'm just not sure in what way. I'm not going to bet him at 25 to 1. I'm going to use him in one and done in some of those. Uh, depending on how popular he is, I. I might come in under the field on day just by default. Okay. Like Thiegel is right there and he's still a, I mean, that's a high upside type guy. Mav is there. Si Wu is there. Like there are names right about around day that I assume won't be as popular. I was going to ask, what do you think is the giant difference between Rose and day this week? Hmm. In, in terms of ownership, just in terms of just as a general play, you have Jason Day at 8800 bucks, Justin Rose at 8100 bucks. They're kind of doing the same thing. They're trending upward. They're looking a little bit better, and they both have awesome course history here. Yeah, I think that Rose will be, even though you're getting a price discount, not as many people are, are really talking about Rose. He's not on the radar as much. I'm, I'm a little more comfortable with Rose, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some of that's just gut feel, but I look at it. 
I mean, his stats certainly don't jump off the page, but at the same time, he does a little of everything, and his putter can get so hot. I know Day putted well last week, but Rose is kind of intriguing, and, and you've got, again, Hadwin and Keegan Cam Davis. My God. It, uh, it's is, not a huge opportunity for us. Is that Adam Hadwin price the worst price that you've seen in a while, or is it the Justin Thomas yeah. at $9,400 price? <laughs> so that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the JT price. But th- this is what I'm saying. Like, when you have those magnet pricing – Everyone around them, Chernobyl style, like radio, no one wants to play these guys. And and that's where it's kind of appealing. So I have a feeling people are going to pepper that range with Rom. That's how they're going to do it. So what I'm seeing right now at Fantasy National is not an overwhelming. It's still early in the week. That's a difficult part about this. We're filming the show a day earlier than normal because the tournament starts a day earlier than normal. But I'm just kind of seeing everyone like flat, like Rom between like 20 and 25 Finau might end up being higher owned than Rom because he allows you to do more in your lineups. I'm seeing Will Z at a higher ownership than Justin Thomas at the moment. Max Homa is going through the roof. Jason Day is going through the roof. Who else? And like the, the mid tier guys are all the same mid tier guys that everyone is kind of on. You have like Rose, like 15% Pendrith, Kitayama, Ben Griffin, Hayden Buckley, like the guys that have been playing well, or the guys that rate out really well in the modeling systems. Like it just feels like Rom Justin Thomas is such an easy way to start your lineup, doesn't it? It's definitely an easy way to start your lineup, but you got to just start asking yourself, even you have four spots. So there's plenty you can do, but you go Rom Justin Thomas and then like, you know, the Hadwin range, stuff like that. That's out. Yeah, that's tough. So, you I mean, you can make it work. Is there anyone at the bottom that you actually like? Because I got a few guys at the bottom I like. There's a guy at 6,300 bucks I like, for example. All right, let's see who we got here. 6,300 bucks. Who, Eric Barnes? Yeah, that's a guy. Eric with a K. Yeah. That, that's tough. It's a tough course. You need a tough name. Eric with a K. Not some fucking C, soft C that's from France or something like that. No, this is a yeah. Viking. Eric the Viking coming in at 6300 bucks. Is he uh, actual Eric the Red style Viking? I have no idea, but, but, he, but he spells his okay. name with a K. I, I'm all in on the K over the C. It's for years. I could never it's, bet Mark Leishman. He's Malk. Oh, hello, Malk. No, it's Eric. Yeah, the soft say. Yeah. Who the hell's Patrick Welsh? Uh, that I don't know. There's some like creative okay. players down here, as we enjoy to call them. But you have Eric Barnes. I, I like Tyson Alexander at $6,500. I just... Hits it reasonably well. Very good around the greens. Showed up in Houston, which has been, I don't want to say a corollary course, but it's it plays the most difficult of all the swing season courses. And he just, all of his best career results have come in the Houston area. So maybe he's just Houston specific. But harder courses, I, at least I've seen him play well at a hard course before. So the thing is, there's definitely names down here, you know, now that we've shifted to the DFS side. Like, you're asking, make the cut attached to Rom, who you're banking for serious damage if you're playing him. Uh, and you can do that. You can do that with some of these guys. I'm just not sure how, like, I, Fratelli's down here. I don't know <laughs> if I can do that, though. I, I was looking more at, like, MJ Duffy, Harry Hall. Like, if I'm going to go down this way, I'm going to take the skill sets that, like, I'm looking for three things. Driving distance, proximity over 200 yards, around the green. Those three things are the three things that I'm targeting. So I'm going to try to find guys that at least rate out really highly in two of them. And all of these guys do that. If, if, if Harry Hall is 17th in driving distance, 24th in long irons, and 26th around the green. It's not bad. And he kind of looks Where, like Bryson. So that that's nice. 
Yeah, that can't be a bad thing. Yeah, Harry Hall. Again, these are sub 7K guys that you can look to. What about Scott Pierce? I think I'd rather go with like Justin Suh down in that range, who's putted well on these greens. And he's sort of like the opposite way of going about it. He doesn't have a ton of distance, but he hits like every fairway. Sort of like the Molinari approach. Great with his long irons, putts well on this course, hits a ton of fairways, not likely to see a ton of trouble off the tee. Maybe on his approach shots, he gets into a ton of trouble, but that's more the route that I would want to go. Like Callum Terran is another one. Matty Schmidt might be one that I might go to as well. Like I'm just trying to find guys that I can stick with Rom and, you're going to need someone from down here, right? Neesmith. Neesmith's in this range. I kind of like him. Yeah, Neesmith. Neesmith isn't bad. Yeah, he masks with the irons. Like, he's one of those guys. Do you worry about Sue, short, like, around the green game? Who's? Justin Sue. Whatever yeah. Johnny yeah. Hood, Justin Sue. I can yeah. never pronounce these guys' names. I, I, I do. Uh, that if he's not hitting his greens in regulation, he's going to be absolute trash. He hasn't missed a cut since the Shriners, though. And he has two starts here. Missed the cut once. Came 37th two years ago, I suppose, in 2012. I, I don't li- I Listen, I can be talked to Justin Sue pretty quickly on this front, but... I'm just trying to find names that I can populate my lineup with. Like you mentioned Neesmith. That's going to be a pretty decent look. Can we go back to Ben Taylor who's been pretty good? Where is, where is that? 71. There's a, there's a lot of guys here. Patton Kazire, 7,100 bucks. He kind of. Johnny Vegas. Vegas. I didn't even see Vegas was in this field. I assumed he had joined the live tour, but I guess not. Maybe he did, but he's still here. So <laughs> Lonto's coming. Lonto hasn't played in like seven months. Take him. Okay. Uh, yeah, Lonto. Didn't he have like super back surgery? He did, and he recovered like pretty quickly. It was supposed to be a year-long injury, and I think it's been six or seven months since he had the surgery. So he's back. Lonto time. Okay. Mm, yeah, that's going to be a no. For- Man, J.B. Holmes is in this field. Oh, yeah. uh, How about Bob Shelton? Robbie Shelton. When I was watching the highlights of, I think it was the 2021 Farmers, on the final day, I just looked at the leaderboard. I was like, oh shit, there's Robbie Shelton inside the top five. He ended up coming 16th that year, but let's see. He's played this tournament twice, never missed a cut, 36th and 16th, coming in in pretty good form. That seems pretty good. He was good good. last week. He was like 45 under and he came in sixth. But uh, (laughs) Good around the greens. Hits a bunch of fairways. He gets really hot and cold, but I don't know. He's someone else that we could potentially go to. I don't know if I could go to my main man, Higo, after his birdie run last week. I might, I might be out on that. Yeah, I think I'd probably rather get to like... So it seems both of us are kind of saying, obviously there's some random punts, but like if you could pepper the low... The low seven seems significantly better than the high sixes to me. See, I don't think so. I, I think they're all... Really? I Listen, it's 156 players, top 65, and ties make the cut. So I think you're dealing with pretty similar cut equity at this point because I see a bigger differentiation, at least in my mind, between the low sevens and the mid sevens. Almost what you're saying about the high sixes and low sevens, I see between the low sevens and mid sevens. That if I could take one of these Eric Barnes at 6,300, Tyson Alexander, MJ Duffy, and get the money to get back up to 7,500, I think I would like the lineup more. Okay. Yeah. See, to me, the from Neesmith, Taron up to like Jaeger, Aaron Rye, Hostler, Nick Hardy range, I feel pretty comfortable with those guys. And then like 
the Doc Redman range, I'm not sure I can find much in. So the guys that you're talking about, like Ben Ann is actually someone to give a look to this week too. And any course where putting isn't the end-all be-all unless you really putt yourself out of a tournament, I think Ben Ann can actually be pretty good at those sorts of things. But the difference between like Justin Sue and Callum Terran and to me, Kitayama, Burmeester, and Will Gordon, I think that's a big gap this week. I mean, I bet all three of those guys to win. So obviously I, I like those guys and that's my bias this week, but I, I really do like all three of those guys. Yeah, listen, there's no doubt when you start to get to that range, you've got some well-rounded players. Where is uh, is Davis Riley factoring in at all for you? I don't know. I don't know what to make of Davis Riley. I, I didn't even really keep tabs on what he was up to last week. He ranks out 30th in the modeling. Like, the only thing he does really well is hit his irons, which we know. Uh, he tends to play hard courses pretty well over time. He made the cut last week. He was 65th, which means he was, what, 35 under par or something? Yeah, that's and he got lapped by Davis Thompson is now in the power rankings overtaking him. So maybe there's a, a revenge factor. We got Detry and Ricky. Yeah, I mean, I, I see this is where it gets dangerous. Do you want to use Detry and, and Ricky? Not really, to yeah. be honest. Um, of course, Ricky's on the right side of the build. I'm sure he'll weasel. I needed him. I, I don't even understand how he gets into my lineups. But of course, I had one useful lineup last week that has Ricky on it, and he shoots even on s- Sunday. So uh, Tyson Alexander rates out 17th over the past 24 rounds in the key stats that I'm looking at. So let's let's insert him here. Here's build number okay. one for you: Rom Thomas, Tyson Alexander at $6,500, Kitayama, Burmeester, Will Gordon fits perfectly. Yeah. See, that's. When you get to one mid-level 6K guy, you can easily land in the nines for your second man. If you don't, you're going to probably have to go to like... I I anticipate people have this lineup and they pivot from Alexander and JT to Day and like, you know, Sue or Neesmith range because that also works. All right, well, let's make that one then. So we'll keep the same two in. We'll get rid of Justin Thomas and get rid of Tyson Alexander. And you say Day or Homa even. And that leaves us yeah, if we if we exactly. use day if we use Day that gets us to seventy one hundred. So that gives you SH Kim who got caught in that poor, poor bunker last week and still only shot one over for the round. That was pretty good. Good for him. Matthew Neesmith, Kazire, Sir, Callum Terran, Maddie Schmidt, like these guys are seven thousand seventy one hundred dollars. Like who's your favorite of those guys? Neesmith? I think it would yeah, it would be Neesmith or a dice roll on Justin Sue, just because I, I think he's a pretty talented player. All right, so that works out. So that's a one, that's a two v two to make that lineup a little bit different. And you could always drop like if you wanted to, the other two v two that you could do in a lineup like that is try to find someone in the high sixes or even low sevens that you could go to that you could keep your structure of Rom and Justin Thomas if you wanted it. And when you let me import the lineup back in here. So you have Rom Thomas with like that Kitayama Burmeester, who's the most expensive. Kitayama is the most expensive. I assume he's going to be relatively popular, not overwhelming, because it's going to be hard to hit this range depending on the build that you want. Let's get a let's get rid of Kitayama and Dean Burmeester. And let's go to Rose in the low eights. And he can still fit in a seven thousand dollar player if you wanted, which is Callum Terran, Maddie Schmidt, Johnny Vegas, all the guys that we just kind of talked about. I think I'd go yep. with Callum Terran. But that's another 2v2 with that same similar structure where you go 11-6, 9-4, 81, 74, 7, 65. 
But this is only kind of hinging on that $6,500 player that we have in there, right? You have to find, if you're going to build like this, you're going to need a true, a true punt. Uh, I don't really see any other way around it. And that's why I do think if you have one of those, it's not crazy to explore like Rom Morikawa. Even though it's really aggressive, you can you can do it if you think that they just battle it out. You need a lot of placement points from them. True. So let's say let's let's rebuild now. Let's say it's Rom. Okay. Would you say Morikawa? Like Zalatoris seems to be getting a bunch of steam, but I, I very much doubt there's gonna be a ton of Rom Zalatoris lineups. No, I think that where correlation will start to come in is starting with Rom and JT. Rom and JT are Rom Montgomery, Rom Homa. I think those are going to be your more likely start, most likely starts. That or even Rom Jason Day. Yeah, I think Rom Jason Day. People are going to try to start with Rom JT. It's not going to work, and then they're going to say, "Okay, Rom Rom and Day, uh, super easy build." Because you can fit in this. Let's see here. Just I'm using the guys that I like to fill out this lineup, but you can go Rom, Day, Kitayama, Gordon, Burmeister, and have $7,100 left, and you have Neesmith. Again, that's where you, you yeah, I, I like that build. You're just peppering the low sevens. Do you think that's a good idea? Like I would get Jaeger in there. You would get Jaeger in there. Yeah, there's, there's different guys that everyone's going to use depending on who they yep. like. I don't know if I like that as much. It's just hard to build with Rom is the thing. I think that will suppress his ownership just a little bit. But I think if I do play those stacks, like Rom's on the good side of the stack. He starts at the south. Does he know? It's Tyson Alexander. Tyson Alexander's on the bad side of it, if you need to know. I'll have, I'll have the full tea times listed in the newsletter, by the way, if you want to sub to that. So Rom, yeah, Rom gets south, then north. If I play, and I'm going to, the starting on the south course, north course, the second day of the tournament. I think I'm just going to lock Ramen. I mean, he's yeah. In those lineups, it's going to be. Do you? Let me ask you this: Do you think you'll have any lineups that have Barnes and Alexander together? Ooh, let's make that to see what it looks like. Is that too like? Usually, when I try to propose these lineups to Tambo, he's like, "Pat, that's stupid. Why would you do that?" <laughs> But I do think this is one of the tournaments where you can get away with that kind of build if you can sneak those two through the cut line. I totally agree on both. Typically, not a fan of that. I think this is a unique week where that type of build actually makes a lot of sense for some of your large field GPPs. So you can go, if we just start with Rom, Eric Barnes, and Tyson Alexander, you have $8,600 left per player for the last three. You can do you a can lot. You can do crazy things with that. That's what I mean. Like, like you could even go. No, and then I need another. That's that's too too aggressive on my front here. Well, you can go, Homa, Rose, Cam Davis, if you wanted to. I don't know if I like that. I like those guys independently. Oh, okay, you could go. You could go like. You could go Montgomery Decky and you'll have 74 left. And I get you to Will Gordon if you want Will Gordon. Yeah. Or Grio. Or Grio. Who who would you rather have this week? Will Gordon or Grio? Well, um probably Will Gordon. Yeah, Grio, it's it's been tough lately. If you're not immediately siding with Grio, you know you know he's going bad at the moment. 
Like how? Like okay, I mean, he, he was nine under last week, and he missed the cut. Just to show you what we're dealing with. I ha- I had three guys at nine under who missed the cut. It really pissed me off. I would have had like half at a sixty lineups. I would have had half six of six, and said I had zero six of six. <laughs> I really didn't think it was going to get to ten. No, I can't. I can't believe minus ten was a cut line on the PGA Tour, even with three rounds. That's crazy. Yeah, no, no. It's a sign of ap- the apocalypse. We we can't be having that. Who, so let's try to throw in one. Let's go the Will Gordon route here. So let's throw Will Gordon into that lineup. So you have 9,100 left. I like McNeely, weirdly enough. I think he's a good play this week. And I like him more than Thigala. I like him more than Jason Day. I like him more than Spawn. I think I like Cam Davis a little bit more, but I think the Cam Davis is st- I think Cam Davis still has juice, even though he's like fucked over everyone two weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, he's been killing me, and I'm I'm undeterred. I'll be going back to him, but I have no problem with Mav. Uh, I think the price is right. It's did you put? I, I you said this at the beginning. Do you have him on the betting card? Who Cam Davis? No, Mav. No, I don't have him on the betting card. Neither do I. I think he starts off on the North Course. He might be a first round leader bet. Because they are they, they going to split that? No, I, I'm looking at the market right now. They just heavily weighted everyone who's starting on the North. Okay. I saw that Xander was like 11 to 1 to be first round leader or something like that. It's funny because Mav doesn't even rate out well for me. I just think he plays well on California courses with small greens. It's his jam. It really is. Because the 2v2 in this lineup now is you can go Mav McNeely, Justin Thomas as your last two guys, or you can go Zalatoris, Cam Davis if you wanted to, which I think I like better. I do too. Um, but again, this is the power of the double pun. Like these are absurd. Like Rom is already in there. That's a ridiculous three man combo up top. Rom, Zalatoris, Cam Davis. Yeah. Two and a half, I guess. Cause Cam Davis isn't to that level, but yeah. And you can even play around with that too. Like if you want to move Cam Davis down to Justin Rose, for example, you save $300, which means you could get Tyson Alexander from 65 up to 68. If there's someone at 68 that you like a little bit more. And I think the only guy that I had at 68 that I have a star next to actually Harry Hall is 69 and MJ Duffy is 67. So you could kind of filter those. Why is it Scott Piercy? This isn't fucking career builder again. It's fine. He knows. (laughs) Let's see. Scott Piercy, what what has he been doing? Yeah, look at that forty first at the Amex. Come on now, um, he can't putt. His <laughs> around the green game is okay. He plays he well in the wind. Scott he play, plays well in the wind. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's a he's a wind god. He likes farmers. He finds the weekend here. He was real good last year here. If you discount T to green, where he lost sixteen strokes, <laughs> uh, how is that possible? Doesn't sound great. No, it doesn't, but I'd rather play him than Doug Gim. Oh, the Gim Reaper? G- yeah, G- Gim I has a, I think Gim has a has a top ten at this course. Gim loves California. Well it's been bad. Take it from a guy who played Percy is t- take it from a guy who played Doug Gim last week. Didn't really work out all that well. What is your opinion on this? The, the next big thing since 2016, I feel like, Cole Hammer. I don't know what to make of Cole Hammer. I just remember him being like 13 years old and playing in the U.S. Open. Yeah. 
I just remember people trying to claim him as as the guy like five years ago, and now people are still fighting over him. He putts well. He doesn't do anything. I, I, I don't know what to make of him. Do we, for, I, I, I doubt I'm okay. going to get to Cole Hammer. I'd rather play my guy, Eric Cole. Soft C, Eric Cole. But now I'm switching on to hard K, Eric Barnes. This is going to be a problem for me if these guys become good because I, I just got over the Bram Blom situation. I can't have – I already forgot. What's the other guy's name? Barnes? Eric Barnes? Yeah, Eric yeah, Barnes. Eric Barnes. Look at Eric Cole. He has five straight cuts made. Can't drive the ball for shit. Great on his approaches. Great around the green. This guy's awesome. I love him. Don't know what he looks like. No, don't know what he looks like. He sounds American. Looks. Uh, here's a picture of him. He looks very American. Okay. Eric Cole. Well, he's got a big. Yeah, he's got a big American flag as his <laughs> picture. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. That's not. You can't always rely on DraftKings for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Kevin Tway is here. Nice. What's he been doing? I, I doubt much. If I yeah. had to guess. He has made two straight cuts. That's like a career best for him since he won. He's lurking. Yeah. So, what? okay, what did non-ROM lineups look like then? So, we just kind of talked through ROM. Like I said, I'll probably lock him on the stacks and try to have a, as similar lineups to the ones that we just kind of constructed. So, let's throw ROM out. ROM's too expensive. We can't use ROM. Where do we start now? So I think what people will do is you mentioned that the ROM correlation maybe wants to start with JT, but it'll probably land more in the home adjacent day range. The Finau correlation to me will land with JT. You're going to go Finau and JT as a super common build. So Finau, JT, and I currently have Finau projected as higher owned than ROM. We'll see how that shakes out. I think I'd still bite the 1100 bucks and play John Rom, but here we are. And we haven't mentioned Xander's name once. We haven't mentioned Morikawa, Sungjae. Like these are, I, I could see Sungjae being a very popular play as well, but Finau Thomas leaves you 7,500 for four players. Like that's not markedly different. And that's why I don't think that the, where like we land, the Burmeester, Will Gordon, Kurt Kitayama, Alex Smalley type range. You can, I think you can fit all four of those guys in with this lineup, which actually sounds pretty decent. Or if you do drop down and take one of the punt plays, either in the mid six, high six, you can get back up to Rose potentially. Yeah. I mean, really it's all the lineups we just talked about and you're kind of just two V twoing Rom and you're probably high eight K second man or low nine K with Finau and JT. And you'll have a little extra salary. It's almost, the same type of build for your other four spots. See, I don't, I don't know if I like that more. I think I'd just rather have ROM. I would, to me, the more intriguing question is, do you think people will slash, do you want to start with JT? So I think it's more, do you start with Zalatoris? Zalatoris, Thomas Montgomery, or Zalatoris, Zalatoris, Thomas Homa leaves you on almost exactly those same builds. And then you have a true three man, like win equity up top to battle Rom. Yeah. You have to hope it's their week. Cause that leaves you with 7,300 bucks. So let's, let's throw in Harry Hall. Now we're up to 74. We throw in Will Gordon at 74. Jaeger. And now we're at 75 and you can have Dean Burmeester or Ryan Palmer, who kills this course over and over, or Munoz, Davis Riley, whoever it is that you like from that tier, even leave a. I mean, Patrick Rogers always makes the cut here. He's seventy three hundred bucks, but 
probably not where I'm going to get to because I like Burmeester, but you go Zalatoris, Thomas Homa, Hall, Gordon, Burmeester. Now we've built a few lineups like that in the exchange of Zal- the 3v3, really, of Zalatoris, Thomas Homa tends to be like Rom, Rose, Tyson, Alexander. Kind of like this one better now. I mean, the six of six equity is feels. Better. It really comes down to yeah. It, it definitely feels better. I mean, this is why all of this, all this work, all this thinking, and then Xander's just going to win, and none of it's <laughs> relevant. It's just the world I live in. So you you can swap these ones out. Like those are the three chalky guys from the nine thousand dollar range, and I, I would bet that you don't see a lot of like fade all, everyone above ten k go pure nine k. Although we see that at majors sometimes, don't we? Like when you won the uh, Thunderdome, you had that sort of lineup, didn't you? Yeah, just because the it's so deep, you can get win equity in like, you know, like I mean that was the the Reed year. He wasn't like oh you know at the top top. Just so many guys that can win those tournaments. So, how can we make this somewhat contrarian? If we just switch Homa to Hideki or Thomas to Sungjae, I think all of a sudden you just built like built in your leverage if you wanted it. To me, the leverage is pretty easy this week. There's glaring, glaring guys uh, in the ranges you just talked about that make a lot of sense. They feel underpriced, and there's good players right next to them that are just not getting a ton of love. I I find it weird that I'm looking at the numbers, and I don't see just, like, I I don't, this this is why it's hard for me not to just say build Rom Justin Thomas lineups, because I don't see Justin Thomas currently leaping off the page in terms of ownership. I'm seeing Homa as higher owned than he is, which is crazy. That's really surprising to me. Maybe it's just wrong. Maybe people, I mean, this is based on Fantasy National, 3,500 lineups have been generated so far. Only 16% of them feature Justin Thomas, whereas 24% feature Max Homa. Now, maybe people are just waiting. Maybe they were waiting for the tee times to come out, Mm -hmm. and they're going to generate lineups later in the week. Like, this normally gets up to, like, 20,000 or whatever it might be, and that's a much better way. It's just a much larger—the larger the sample, the better it's going to be, and the closer that you get to actual lock, the more precise those projections and lineups are going to be. But I just think that's crazy. Like, I haven't projected the same as Sungjae. And that's something, again, you know, I'm very interested to dig into the the tools and see what's what, because that'll determine some of it, but— I think more often than not, you'll be able to get some direct leverage off those. And then and then there is just like a little range that we haven't really talked about a ton that I, I do want to try to get to the Pendrith, uh, like Wyndham Clark upper 7K range. I just think those guys, I just feel like those guys are overpriced. Like I do not see Hadwin, Hayden Buckley, Pendrith, Wyndham Clark, Davis Thompson, hell, even Harris English. Those guys, I don't see in the same tier as the other guys around them i think that cam davis is a better player jj spawn comes top 20 every single week so you got to give him some respect is a better player rose is a better player list is a better player not to say that all these guys are going to beat the other ones but in terms of long-term skills what we've seen in terms of results course history at tory pines like those guys should be 500 dollars cheaper 600 they should be in the will gordon range in in some way because i don't even i don't disagree with that at all I kind of like that pending it comes with that mindset because I think the upside, particularly, you know, we're still talking early season golf with like a Wyndham Clark. I almost like overpriced because if he missed the cut, I don't really care what he's priced at. If he explodes, the less 
owned he is, the better. And I, I feel like he's got that upside. You mentioned Houston. Like, there's there's a lot there with a guy like that in terms of ceiling. So he, here's the part that I find kind of humorous is looking at the projections right now. And again, these could be off. Wyndham Clark, 11%. Taylor Pendrith, 14%. Luke List, 6%. Like, I'm using, See, Luke, I'm, this... I'm using Luke List. Yes. See, that's where it has to come with the – that's like the if statement. If you're not if you're not going to get the leverage via the ownership, it really dampens what's a high risk, high reward play because you're not getting fully paid off. Maybe List will just go back to back. It's not like he's played poorly. He's actually playing quite well. Like he missed the cut at the American Express last week. All right, it's a putting contest. Now I don't think anyone really expected Luke List to play all that well. But at the Century, he came in 11th. Like he's ball striking the shit out of it. Even Tita Green is chipping his back, just like it was trending before this tournament last year. It's just guess what? He's not doing well. Putting. Yeah. There's yeah. the. Yeah. It's a slight problem, and slight might be. Still. I mean, again, when you're talking sub ten, you don't. You're not going to find many guys up in these ranges that are in those levels of ownership. It doesn't mean you just blindly play them, but if you have a lineup that's pretty popular, a couple two v twos with a guy like that will really change it up. I think Ben. I, I might actually go back to Ben Taylor, digging into what he has done well and where he has played well, coming off a miscut as. It's funny. I think he was like 16% owned or something crazy like that last week. Let's see. Yeah, 14 and a half percent in the in the large $20 last week at the American Express missed the cut. Like that's going to drop to basically like 0% this week, won't it? Oh yeah, guys like that, it's uh, you know, they they fade just as quickly as they arrive and and again, he's being overshadowed. All these guys, it's I feel like all the names are coming in pairs. You got Ben Taylor, and now Ben Griffin is taking over. Davis Riley, Davis Thompson. You got, you got these made-up Eric guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Ben Taylor is kind of – you could – God, I could make a case, honestly, for playing, like, four guys from, like, 7 to 7,100. Why don't we just do the – why don't – like, if they're in the right side of the wave, let's say they start on the south, they get the north, and we're going to play that strategy, and that's what we want to go to. Where does Ben Taylor start? He starts on the north, so that doesn't work with him. But if we could find, like, four guys there, or even, like, six guys between 67 and 74, and just pair them up with Rom and someone else who's in the good wave. Let's see. Uh, good wave for Finau. Good wave for Justin Thomas. So Rom Thomas, and then just scattershot all those guys. Yeah, I mean, when I build, then I'm going to have some South uh, only starts. Expect Rom, JT, and then four random dudes. Uh, my big question is, I shouldn't play Bo Hostler, right? I never play Bo Hostler, so you shouldn't ask me. Talk to Feinberg. Feinberg's like the Bo Hostler whisperer because he plays him every week. He's on the right side of the. God, uh, well, you know what? I don't have to worry about that because Jaeger's on the right side. So, so the, there's of course the guy that Rio's you're... on the right side. Here we go. Uh, Rose is on the right side. Homa is not. Like, there's a couple guys that just like from the top that are not, and that, like, because like I mentioned, we haven't talked about Xander or Morikawa. Like, if you need reasons to cross them off, and you want to pretend like this is a real angle. You know, just some, sometimes that's all you need, right? Like you, you have to get rid of people from your player pool somehow. It's not like I'm sitting here being like, "Well, I'm not playing Xander because he sucks." I need to come up with. No, a I say that. Yeah, like in my mind, I need to come up with a better excuse to not play Xander and watch him kill me. Yeah. Just 
albatross, you know, birds that aren't even supposed to be part of the game. Uh, I can't with that guy. So that is, and I remember, I, I mean, Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, uh, yeah, Drew McIntyre. No, that's a wrestler. Drew Matthews. Fuck me. Uh, at Red to Cheek on Twitter. Uh, he's been kind of tweeting this out. He's been using the Spectrum data a lot, showing like the shot-by-shot strokes gained approach. And I, I really do think that there's something to that on a more micro level, because when you go and look at like guys who gain a ton of strokes on approach from the last round of the American Express, like no shit Xander is going to have gained all of the strokes on approach. He made an albatross. <laughs> that, that was probably worth 2.5 yeah, strokes. That's where I always feel like that comes into play during the Florida swing. It's like, oh, this guy's irons are broken. He lost nine strokes on the approach. It's like, yeah, he hit it into the drink uh, at Sawgrass seven straight times. Like, you have to kind of separate those shots. So Yeah, there's a way to look at, like, the median. Like, you can throw out the best two approach shots, the worst two approach shots, and just see what he was doing elsewhere i think that might be a more effective way to at least try to prognosticate it especially in showdown and i didn't really talk about showdown at all but do you think like last week i was talking to tambo about like why don't you get sneaky and stack the good players at the south course because they're at the stadium course because no one wants to stack guys at the south at the stadium course there is no world where you should be putting people from the south course in your showdown lineups this week that is correct uh it's not compared like some you know when you got the three courses and you know it's kind of even though La Quinta is probably where you want it to go. This is not that like the North and the South South is long. As I know, you know, like you can't be messing around with that. Don't overthink it. Okay. So I think that our favorite build is Rom, Justin Thomas, me, you, and like 30% of our friends. All right. See you guys at the top. That'd be nice. That would be nice. But most, (laughs) Any just ran like in that range where I kept saying Kitayama, Burmeester, Will Gordon. I'm going to give Davis Riley more of a look right now. You prefer that level up that like Pendrith, Hayden Buckley. What about Davis Thompson? No one's using him. Like he's the guy from that range is like legit. No one is using him and Harris English. I, I just worry that. And maybe this is just my like thoughts that that guy is more prone to to go crazy low at a joke course than deal with wind and just like actual problems on this. Like, I just think this could really cause some problems for his short game. Yeah, not great around the greens, not really great on the greens, although he seemed to have figured out the Amex greens pretty well. Two starts this season in California, ninth at the Fortinet, second at the American Express. This is a step up. It's not bad. This it's is not going to be popular, but I yeah, don't see it. I have him at like four percent ownership. That's why. That's why I bring him up versus the other guys in his range. Like you mentioned, Pendrith and Clark. He's like a third of their ownership. What about Woodland? I, I tried that. Where the fuck did I try that out at? Sony. It doesn't matter where. It didn't work. It, it was really embarrassing. Like I had some embarrassing lineups that had Gary Woodland in them. I know how that goes. Um, Ninth and Houston. Tough. I like this Houston yeah. angle. That's what, I, that's what I'm drawing. That's from. what I've been looking at. Yeah, so Tyson Alexander, Ben Taylor, Alex Smalley, Mullenix. Oh, God. I don't want to play that guy. Play that guy. Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye played well here last year. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, your boy Bombs was ninth? I, I really, I know I've said a lot of nonsense here. <laughs> I like... I like him. He's playing good golf. He's got the short game, and he's starting to fix it off the tee. 
Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's gaining three straight. Yeah. Okay. Like, he's starting to get it together. Guy can't hit irons to save his fucking life, by the way. No, but potato, potato, no big deal. Let's see. Miscut at the Farmers, miscut, or 66 at the Farmers, miscut at the Farmers. Never really had a, a good run at this tournament in his career. This, this does feel like one of the bigger course history courses and events that we see every single year. I'd agree with that. I do think for the some of these newer players, though, like you can get exponentially better where like it doesn't really matter what you've done because he just like wasn't not that he's great now but he's turned the corner to me pretty quickly here he rates out 35th for me and a lot of that has to do with his pristine touch around the greens he's not like bad at anything he's sort of like field average and everything besides around the green where he's quite good which is great he's on the south first he's on the south first and yeah i guess if the north is easier around the green is probably going to come into play a lot on Thursday, I would think. That That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think to his make game... The cut. Yeah. That's a good call. I hadn't thought about that. Who are the best around the green? Is that why you were targeting Piercy? Because he's number one? Of course, you know. And I'm sure, like I said, he's got access to the truth about wind and other various <laughs> topics so he, he'll be ready yeah well what if he misses his tea time because he's waiting for jfk jr to show up at his hotel room well that's you know that's been known to happen um just a quick flight from houston or wherever those people were so if you just look at the top 10 of strokes gained around the green past 24 rounds all courses coming in piercy is number one jt urgent atwell who I assume is 74 years old at this point, but he's third. Ben Ann, Jagger, Kitayama, Harris English, Max Homa, Bobby Shelton. I'm going to play Shelton. Patrick Rogers, and my guy, Dean Burmeister. There's a reason that, that these guys all got spit out for me. Where's Bill Haas? He's not on the list. He's number 14. Okay. He was like he was another name when I was watching the replays of these tournament on the final day. He was like ninth or something. I was like, what the fucking, what year is this? And it was like 2021 <laughs> yeah, no, or something. They... <laughs> He just randomly made the cut I, and did well. Oh, my God. He he was, I just, he could have some problems on the south course. It was last year. He was he ended up T39 last year. He's been 39. He's played this tournament like every year. 39th, 42nd, 73rd, 57th, 54th. He always makes the cut with like 19th, 43rd, 9th, back when he was good. Still always just makes the cut at this course, then like wilts on Sunday. Yeah, I mean... If, well, if I some he is sixty one hundred, but I At he's got to play the South on Thursday. Oh my Ooh. God, Bill Hass is like only slightly older than me. He feels like he's okay. 60, he feels like he's sixty years old. I had this discussion. Shout out uh, to Putting for Doe, one of my shows. I, I looked this up yesterday. If you would have asked me how old Bill Haas, I thought he would be you know pushing fifty. Yeah, he's not shocker. No, he's. I looked this up yesterday. I was stunned. 40 years old. What? Making me feel old. I'm not going to lie to you. At least I still have my hair, unlike Bill Haas. That's helpful. That's, that is helpful. So, yeah, I, I guess the few last ads, if I'm going to scattershot the bottom, because, like, Ben Ann has the good draw. No, he has the bad draw. Fuck! Is Harris English? Harris English has the good draw. Throw him in the pool. Patrick Rogers has the bad draw, but like all those guys, like around the greens are probably the one. Oh, Dirt McGirt, just Tyson Alexander. Shout out to you. Okay, so I, I think that's the way I'm going to play it. I'm going to do the Rom, Justin Thomas, 
and then load up at the bottom and play a whole bunch of lineups that way and then try to mix mix and match the rest together. I don't know if I'm going to play any ROM lineups that aren't outside of the ones we just built because those are already entered. I might get rid of ROM for the other builds and just try to go more balanced that way with Zalatoris and, and Montgomery and Homa and those guys. Yeah, it'll free you up, obviously, if you do it like that. I got one last name for you. Okay. What about Taylor Moore? I heard Wiley talk up. I, I still listen to Wiley's like super short pod where it's just him being mad at golf and gives out Taylor Moore out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, super sleeper of the week, Taylor Moore. I don't know. What, what do you see from Taylor Moore? Because I, I have no clue. No, I don't. Uh, that's why I asked you. I don't know. Again, Taylor Moore, Taylor Montgomery is taken. This is my theory of <laughs> golf that I discovered on the show. But when I look at some of some of the things in terms of more well-rounded games, he hasn't done anything. But he doesn't have like a glaring weakness. He just doesn't really do anything. Yeah, he he heated up towards the end of the year. Six at, at shorter courses, like in easier fields. Rocket Mortgage, Wyndham. Yeah, not for me. Pass. Probably a bad course for him. Yeah, it's, it's, he's no Eric Burns, I'll tell you that much. Of course not. That's that's Pat's loser of the week. We're gonna. I had Eric Cole two weeks ago at the Sony Open. Loser of the week this week. It's either Tyson Alexander. I got two for you because I didn't do one last week. Although I tried to use Lingworth. That didn't work. Eric Barnes, Tyson Alexander. Losers of the week you can use. Double. I respect it. Double miscut. I respect Also, if you parlay those two together in top 40 finishes, it pays 13 to 1. That's not not bad. A little juicy. Okay. So you can go that way with it as well. If you if you really parlay them top five. (laughs) That that that's extreme. Yeah, for for various reasons. Like having them make the cut is like pressure enough. Like that's a sub 50-50 percentage on that. Twice. Hey, did you ever start watching Monk? No, I have not started. It's on the actual list. I watched Kaleidoscope. What you is that? Kaleidoscope yet? I don't know what that is. Um, so it's a show, and I'm, I don't want to spoil anything. They say you, you can watch it in any order. It's oh. about like a heist. Okay, yes. I, I've heard of the concept. No idea what the show was called. Yeah, Kaleidoscope. I watched it. It was solid. The star is the guy from Breaking Bad, the chicken guy. Giancarlo Esposito? Yes. Gus Fring? Gus Fring. Yeah. Is he, is he good? Yeah, it's, sol- it's solid, but that consumed between that and college basketball. But Monk is on the list. Monk is good. Again, I okay. my, see my wife and I are watching it now and we always need to have some sort of procedural to watch at night times that she can watch one without me. I can watch one without her and like, you haven't really missed anything. It's not like a super close pay attention type of show. And we just like to have it on in the background with whatever's going on in the house. And it's good. Like it's, it's funny. It's not like the most like thrilling detective story, but Tony Shalhoub is just so good in the show. And it has a uh, Buffalo bill from silence of the lambs in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that guy. And this is your first run through? Because we're doing that with the West Wing. You've never seen the West Wing? No, no. We we ha- just like that's our generic like just throw it on. Yeah, we, we, we got through the West Wing already. I know. I've never seen Monk before. I've just always heard okay. it's really good. We did the same thing. With Neither have S- I. We did the same thing with Psych last year. We've never seen Psych. Everyone always said how great never Psych heard was. It. It, it came on before Monk on USA, like when they were both on the air. Psych is great. Who's in that? Dulay Hill. Dulay Hill from the West Wing. Oh, all right. Charlie, nice. There we go. 
So I'd recommend Psych over Monk so far. I really enjoyed Psych, but now we're on Monk. And we did House. Monk. We did House. Uh, elementary. So you're just doing one word shows? Is that your thing? One one word procedurals that aren't like in the C- okay. CSI NCIS sphere. No acronyms, just words. Just words. Got, Got to be quick to the point. See it come up. Boom. Just like fly through eight seasons of it, like three a night or something. To watch Oz. I don't know if that. It. I don't know if that's a, as easy of a watch as we're looking. Yeah, for. lighthearted Oz in the background. Oh, what the fuck is J.K. Simmons' name in that? Salingers. Yeah, that that I haven't watched that in quite a while. But yeah, I haven't watched it like fifteen years. You. I I don't know if yeah. I want to watch that again. No, that's a that's a once throw for me. I remember there was an SNL in like the late nineties when Seinfeld hosted. And it was right after the finale, and the skit was he gets sent to Oz. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, All right. Seinfeld. You can watch ten of those a day. Yeah, my wife hates my wife hates hates Seinfeld. Ooh. Yeah. That's, dis- that's disappointing. I know. It's a tough scene for me because it's always on. It's like still when you flip through the channels, it's still one of the ones that's just like, oh yeah, here's a six hour block of Seinfeld. It's like, oh yep. great. I can watch this for three hours. It's awesome. But no, not happening. Same as Arrested Development. I think the humor is just too mean for her. She's not into that. Whereas it's like it's my entire bag. Yeah, I mean, May hates Curb, Ooh, which is tough. That is tough. I know. Yeah. All right. At DFS on Twitter, stochastic.com. You got shows every day or what? Yeah. I mean, between, we got a lot of videos coming out. For me, college basketball, of course, PGA. All the tools, all the videos. You guys know where to find me, Stochastic. Go over. Sign up for free. Check it out uh, for a free trial. We'd love to have you as part of the community. How are you feeling about your Rory over Rom selection with the first pick in the golf draft? I was thinking about that. Uh, Not only yeah, has my guy banked no dollars, he got assaulted by Patrick Reed, apparently with a T. Um, I I forgot about that. I had that on the list of things to bring up. Who throws the T? Tough scene all around. Yeah, who throws the T, honestly. Um, Yeah, I don't feel great about it. And also, you know, and I knew this even though I was – like Berger, I don't know if he's ever gonna like. What the hell is he doing? I saw an inst- I saw an Instagram update with him yesterday. He was taking a cold bath and hitting a golf ball. So that's positive news. All right, that's progress. That's progress. And I legitimately don't know who else is on my team. I got to talk to Rick and look at the standings. Well, Pat Perry's way out ahead with Rom. Who did Who did you go with up top? Morikawa. Oh well, that's not. I mean. Should have been better, but not bad. Yeah, I have two second play. I have Davis Thompson on my team too, which is great. Davis Thompson. I didn't even know he was drafted. Last round pick, Davis Thompson. Nice. So I he, I think he's already earned more than I would have expected him to earn all season. <laughs> so it's a big win for me already, and I'm way behind yeah, that's Pat a free Perry. Roll. Way behind Pat Perry when it comes down to it. So okay, is there any video of this Patrick Reed stuff, or is it just being reported from the course that he flicked a tee at Rory? That's all I saw. I saw the article. Um, yeah, I would love to see a video. I kind of like how the the DP World Tour. I think it's a DP World Tour. It's the Asian Tour. Whatever. I think it's the Asian Tour. It's sort of like a the the proxy war for Live versus PGA. <laughs> That's where they all meet. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of neutral ground. Um, I, I guess there's bad. I I wonder how much of it is like bad blood. Live style or bad blood, specifically Patrick Reed style. 
whenever you get down to it and Patrick Reed is involved, I always feel like it's a default Patrick Reed thing. Not a Liz. So do I. So. Are you like, looks- I'm, I feel like if it's Cam Smith there, they're just like catching up and, and sharing some laughs, but. Are you excited to watch Liv on the CW? <sighs> yeah, big things on the old. What is, I always confuse them. Is it Gilmore Girls or Gossip Girls? I think. Well, it's Gilmore Girls and Gossip Girl. Oh, there's just one girl? Okay. I think well, so. Well, whichever. One of those is like synonymous with the CW, right? I think they're both on CW. Oh, they're both. Well, this whole, you can edit this part of the show out then. I, I don't um, know. I'm just guessing. I, they, they both sound no, like no, CW just, shows. Shows on CW. Maybe it's Golden Girls. Supernatural? Supernatural is on the CW? Maybe Patrick Reed can guest star on one of these. Supernatural? The hell? That could be in your well, I've already your done. List. I, I've already done Supernatural. We did that like when we first started dating. That, that the ran, hell is Supernatural? It, it ran for 15 seasons. Is that the one, now I'm taking it off the rails, is that the one with the girl who ended up being in the cult? The cult? The Nexium girl? I don't think so. It's about two brothers. They fight demons. It's also a okay. procedural. Now we got to go to the videotape. What was Allison Mack? Allison Mack? She played, no, I'm thinking of some Smallville. Okay, that's also on the CW. See? One, one Tree she Hill? in prison. And guilt. She's in prison? She was in that cult. What cult? The Nexium? You didn't see that? Oh my god, it's absurd. No, I did not see this. Oh yeah, crazy story. What What is it called? N-X-I-V-M. Z-M? N-X-I-V-M. V-M. Multi-level marketing company. Yeah, it's it's like one of those, you know, like, oh, this seems kind of shady. And then they're just like branding people and torturing them. It's like, well, what? That escalated. Yeah, yeah, it'll get you. Allison Mack joined sex cult to become yep, great actress again. Nicely. Okay. All right, I'm going to start digging into this. Did not oh, know, yeah. did not know that. How did you know this was a thing? Was there some sort of documentary? Oh, yeah, there was a documentary on HBO. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were like page six Raza. Like you just, you're, you're not worried well, about sports at this point. You're just on page six looking at the gossip gotta, coming in. I got to get my gossip fixed, no doubt about it. But All right. Well, I may need to look into this. Oh, there's something yeah, else I can watch. Yeah, you should watch that. Certainly not lighthearted, but just absurd. Okay. What a thrilling review. Just absurd. Go watch it. I like it. <laughs> I'm an easy sell. That's an easy sell for me. Yeah, absurd and go watch it. All right. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, 20% off. Newsletter is free down in the description, and the link to the Listener's League is down there as well. It starts on Wednesday, so let's fill this up as quickly as possible so we can make it even bigger for next week when there is no football and then huge for the Waste Management Open in two weeks. Then we're off to the races. The road to Augusta National would start then. Smash the like while you're here. Sub to the channel. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.